Welcome to podcast number 263. I'm Stuart McCullum. I'm the CEO of VHAA. Joining me today is the Director of Workplace Relations Services, Tim Nagel. Welcome, Tim. Uh, thanks, Stuart. Tim, you've been through this before. I'm going to show an image up on screen. And for the benefit of those people who are listening to this podcast rather than watching, could you describe what the image is? Uh, it's a picture of a person wearing an American flag suit top jacket, I think. Oh, Tim, that's not just a person. That's not just any person. Uh, that is Robbie Van Winkle, uh, also known as Vanilla Ice. Uh, on the basis of that clue, what, what would you say the subject for today's discussion is? Uh, based on that, I think it's it's probably vanilla ice meal breaks. Tim, you couldn't be more wrong. I'm going to read you something that is a Shakespeare sonnet, which I think will help you uh, focus in on how vanilla ice is connected to today's topic. Um, that sonnet goes as follows. Will it ever stop? Yo, I don't know. Turn off the lights and I'll glow. To the extreme, I rock a mic like a vandal, light up a stage and wax a chump like a candle. Any closer, Tim? Well, I'm not sure we've got any penalties under our agreements for bad lyrics, but uh, I don't think I've got any idea whatsoever. Well, in truth, that was not Shakespeare. That was indeed Robbie Van Winkle taken from his song, Ice Ice Baby. Refers to a candle. What do candles have? Wicks. And that brings us to today's subject, which is the Workplace Implementation Committee, also known as the WIC. Um, these are the committees that consist of health services and union representatives. But the first thing to note, Tim, is of course that they're not always called the same thing. Yes. Uh, so in various agreements, it's referred to as the Workplace Implementation Committee. I think that is the most common. The most common, yeah. I think we'll go with that's the most predominant. I think the medical scientists agreement has a variation on that theme, the workplace implementation and compliance committee. And the mental health agreement refers to it as just the implementation committee. So the first question would have to be why the different names? Sometimes the differences in titles are historical. Uh, sometimes different unions have different but very strong held preferences or wish to emphasize something in particular such as compliance or to prevent an acronym that belongs to another committee. So we've we've covered off what it's called. Let's deal with where it is. So each agreement has a clause that deals with a range of union matters, such as staff induction, union training, attendance at union committee meetings or for office holders. Within the clause, there is a provision for these committees. All right. So it's a subclause within another clause. What is that clause called? So in every agreement except the medical scientist's agreement, it's called the Union Matters Clause. Or some variation thereof, but in the medical scientists, uh, it's called the Union Rights Clause. Uh, Tim, is it true that the it's called the Union Rights Clause because it was originally entitled the Union Rights and Wrongs Clause? No. So let's be specific about which clauses, in fact, we're talking about. Up on screen there, you'll see a list. Uh, the nurses, it's clause 80.10, the workplace implementation committees, health and allied clause 70.10, agreement implementation committees, the mental health clause 12.5, implementation committees, medical scientists clause 17.10, workplace implementation and compliance committee. 
Allied Health Professionals, Clause 83.2, Workplace Implementation Committees, Doctors and Training, uh, Clause 76.10, and Medical Specialists, 62.10, both called the Agreement Implementation Committees. So, Tim, we've covered off what it's called and where it is. Let's address what it does. But firstly, it brings the employer and its relevant union together. So it provides for engagement. It does, uh, but for a purpose, and its purpose is agreement implementation. So how is that expressed in the agreement? So generally like this, uh, this is the this is from the Allied Health Professionals Agreement, but that's all pretty consistent across the agreements. So as you can see, a local workplace implementation committee or WIC will continue, or if there is not currently a WIC in operation, be established at each employer. Having regard for the size and location, a WIC may be appropriate at each facility or campus. The WIC will, where practicable, comprise equal numbers of representatives of the employer and the union for the purpose of discussing one, agreement implementation, two, ongoing monitoring assessment of the implementation of this agreement, and finally, to deal with any local disputes that may arise without limiting the dispute resolution procedure in the agreement. So a real focus there on implementation. Uh, one of the things that VHA does is it creates an implementation guide for members. Uh, we do, but uh, we don't simply create it. We consult with unions and generally agree on the content of that guide. So how should members use that guide? Really, that guide is intended to support the implementation committee process. It should be used as a tool to cover up all the implementation items that are required to be uh, addressed by the employer. And it's worth uh, mentioning that uh, that guide is both distributed by bulletin, but then put on the relevant agreement uh, landing page. But in terms of opportunities for improvement, one of the bits of feedback that we've had from members um, goes to their frustration about those committees and that sometimes a party will arrive with their own implementation guide that's completely different. Yeah, and that's despite having been consulted with or even having agreed with our implementation guide. Everyone has a shared interest in getting implementation right. I will give feedback to union stakeholders that this practice is generally considered to be counterproductive because it's actually about making it easier, not more difficult or confusing. So one guide is the best approach. And it's true that um, one of the challenges, uh, one of the journeys we have to take is to get to a point where um, each union is comfortable with uh, working on a cooperative basis. And uh, at this point, some some are more uh, comfortable than others, it would be fair to say. Yeah, but we'd say that increased cooperation is essential if that process is going to have the value that everyone wants it to have. Uh, but we'll have we'll give that feedback to union stakeholders to see what we can do to get a better result. At the end of the day, it's in everyone's interest to get implementation right. And it should be noted, even if we get to the point that we want to get to and having an agreed single implementation guide, it does not limit uh, a union representative from raising another issue. It's just intended to provide structure. But in terms of these uh, implementation committees, Tim, how many does each employer need to have? Now, it's not prescribed. The clause talks about having regard to size and location in particular. The employer may have one or they may be more than one, but I would say that underpinning questions should be what's necessary to effectively implement the agreement. And who's on the committee? So the agreements don't say that other, uh, don't say that either, uh, but where practicable, there should be an equal number of employer reps and reps from the union. Is an equal number of representatives from each party essential? 
Uh, it's not essential. The committee isn't voting on anything, but it's the kind of thing that would be worth discussing in advance to ensure that there are no surprises on the day. Uh, nobody likes to be vastly out, outnumbered uh, as such, but um, it's worth noting that um, for some agreements that might in fact um, be more than one union, I'm thinking in particular of something like the nurses agreement, which is also applicable to the health workers union and the mental health, which has both HACSU and AMF. Yeah, so whilst the clauses are all underpinned by a common purpose, they also provide for a focus on key implementation issues. And in terms of those implementation issues, Tim, are they uh, are they uniform or do they vary from agreement to agreement? No, absolutely. They're intended to reflect the priorities that arose in a particular negotiation. So what were some of the different priority items for the different agreements? Yeah, so if we take the nurses, for instance, uh, you can see on screen uh, where the priorities for that agreement were. So uh, I won't read them all out, but really these are areas where the parties thought that there may be need to be a, a, a additional focus on implementation. It's really interesting to see what's there and what's not what's not there. Um, and but it is a mix of new or amended provisions as well as some safety priorities. How about allied health professionals? Yeah, so you can see on screen at the moment uh, the implementation priority items that were listed for allied health professionals. There's less. Um, but uh, still six uh, items that the parties thought should be focused on through the implementation process. And I, make a, I make a point, it's also, it's not a dissimilar approach honing in on those things uh, that are that are new terms in particular. And it's interesting looking in, on hindsight, um, you can <laughs> see some of those items on that list did in fact become difficult mm. to implement. So a little bit of, uh, it's a worthwhile exercise to try and get ahead of that game. What about health and allied? The health and allied also had uh, a range of clauses you can see on the screen, not as much as either of the other two, but still there were a couple of items where um, the parties thought that a particular focus should be given. Remembering, I think the health and allied agreement steps out the various new structures uh, that have been transitioned to and the introduction of new structures. So I think it has a lot of Roman numerals as it were, but they fit into those, uh, into those Buckets. So really a big focus for health and allied on managing the change to classification structure. Uh, how about for mental health? The mental health didn't uh, list items like the other agreements. That's not to stop the reference group not taking an interest in, in prioritising through the implementation consultation process. Uh, and I would have thought that means that there's perhaps a greater focus there on identifying local priorities uh, through that local process. For medical scientists? The medical scientist also took a different approach, providing that each employer shall, within three months of the agreement coming into operation, provide to the union a plan to ensure the observance and compliance with the agreement. Such plan may include, for example, steps taken or proposed to inform managers as to the employer's obligations under the agreement. So that guide was actually developed centrally and provided to members uh, as a tool to meet that requirement. Mm. Uh, but the medical scientist agreement also went on to say a bit more. Uh, it did. So the medical science agreement also provided uh, D, priority items for consideration by the WIC will include agreement compliance and the matters arising under clause 82, family violence, uh, clause 17, union rights, and other matters that may be identified by the parties as being of relevance. So it's really a mixed approach. So the it identifies a couple of clauses by name. They're not new clauses, uh, although I think the union rights uh, clause had been uh, amended, but they're high value clauses, um, but also leaving it open to the identification of local priorities. What about for doctors? 
Now, so for both the doctors in training and medical specialist agreements, they provided for, uh, as you can see on screen, priority items for consideration by the AIC will be developed by the parties. So that's another example of a, a local approach being taken. Um, and it would be interesting to, to hear from members as to which approach they preferred. Was it helpful mm. to have a list within the agreement? Um, did the list not turn out to be the key implementation items mm. uh, in part or in whole? Uh, or is it better to do it uh, to do it locally? Um, some agreements also uh, contain, and I'm thinking particularly of the medical scientist agreement, contains an additional term. Yes, the medical science term in particular does, uh, it has a focus on workload and information that informs workload discussions. So very much taking it to that local level and having those local discussions. So you can see on screen, in addition, each employer shall provide to the WIC on a regular basis information which could provide insights into workload. Relevant information could include the following. Uh, one, current EFT by department. Two, vacancies. Three, personal leave levels. Four, planned and unplanned absences in accordance with clause 34.8. Uh, five, number of complaints relevant to workload. Six, is notifiable incidents. Seven, is annual leave accruals. And finally, overtime rates. So we've talked many times about the significance of words like could, uh, could include. Uh, yes, so it's not definitive. There may be other information, but it's recognised that there are enormous variances in terms of systems capabilities. Uh, for one employer, some information might be available at the push of a button. For others, it would be a manual process. So information of this kind, what does information of this kind support? So it's it's meant to inform discussions on workload at the local level. Members are encouraged to make these discussions data-driven rather than pure, purely um, speculative, which is something I think all parties have struggled with from time to time. It's true. Uh, I think we've all sat in meetings where the discussions around workload have been anecdote-driven, and I think moving to a data-driven approach will be will be helpful. Um, one of the questions we often get, Tim, is what if a union doesn't seek to convene an agreement implementation committee? Yeah, so our union stakeholders vary significantly in terms of size. Some have a large workforce and will likely initiate the implementation committee because they have the resources to do so. Some have smaller workforces may not be able to be at all workplaces at once. Um, so what approach should members take? Firstly, be proactive. Invite the union to engage in the first instance. And secondly? Uh, be proactive. Uh, only in this context, be proactive means using the implementation guide and provide the union feedback. So there's nothing wrong with the employer going through the implementation guide and then providing it to the union. Yes, don't wait. Um, but yes, both uh, bits of feedback there are be proactive. Um, we've had these committees for a while now. How do you think they're going to develop? So one of the features of the last round was the extent to which there were some implementation delays. Uh, one of the features of those delays is that they were disclosed at the local committee level, but emerged in a broader sense much later. I think there was a real disconnect for me. So um, certainly uh, employers were doing the right thing and being clear about their implementation challenges, um, but it seemed to stay at a local uh, level. But do we expect that there'll be more claims in that space in the next round of bargaining? Yeah, it's highly probable. Most likely some kind of process to close off whether an employer has implemented a priority term is the likely outcome of those issues that we faced during the last round. And what shape that will take and how that will look is unknown, but I think uh, it should be anticipated. 
It gives us a chance to work with reference groups ahead of the next round and bargaining later this year. Tim, thank you for taking us, uh, enduring, first of all, uh, vanilla ice, and also then for taking us through the Workplace Implementation Committee provisions of the various agreements. Thank you, Tim. My pleasure. Thanks, Stuart. Thank you.